Good evening, friends. I hope everyone had a nice Monday. This is Tomorrow Christian Today, reading Genesis 36 in the NLT. Hope everybody had a nice weekend. Mine was so full, had to help somebody move, somebody in the church. It just seems that when I got to the church, we were always moving people. Then COVID, then COVID came in and nobody was moving anybody. And now people are moving again. People are on the move. And I think just moving and lifting, I got sore. My muscles do react very fast. and uh, But I also get sick because I walked around with wet socks. Wet socks plus the tomorrow Christian equals a cold for sure. But I am drinking lemons, apple cider vinegar, some cayenne pepper, and red chili peppers in the drink. It's a horrible drink. I warm up a little bit of water and then put some cold water in there so I don't burn my tongue and... I think if I didn't drink that, it's a horrible drink. I know it sounds horrible and it is horrible. I think I'd, I'd be really worse sick. And I'm sure that I've gone to Shoppers Drug Mart a couple of times and it's like, I don't remember the shelves being so devoid of cold medications like they are lately. Like they just look kind of empty as if it's something that's going on in a war. I think we're in a war with all these different viruses, RSV virus, influenza virus, and the COVID is still around. Anyways, let me pray. Dear Lord, I thank you for your word. I thank you for your son. He is our friend, our savior, our king, our mediator, and in him we pray to you and our sins are covered. We thank you for loving us. We thank you for wanting to connect with us. We wanna connect to you too. We love you. We want to serve you. We want to be better. We need the Holy Spirit, Lord. This world is tugging against us, throwing roadblocks up. The devil is trying to send a putrid wind our way and blow us away from you but we know the holy spirit we don't know where he comes from or where he goes but it's like the wind that rustles the trees we're asking him to rustle our hearts lord and give us discernment as we discover your word and the precious jewels that are hidden therein for our inspection in genesis 36 i pray amen it says the descendants of esau this is the account of the descendants of Esau, also known as Edom. So I guess Edom, Esau, is not particularly warm to God. I mean, you know, as, as a sermon uh, came, um, came to me recently, you know, Esau was blessed too by God. But the difference between him and Jacob, his brother, is that Esau did not give God thanks. He seemed very cordial when he met Jacob, but he never really praised God for what he had, while Jacob did. Esau married two young women from Canaan, Ada, the daughter of Elon the Hittite, and Olabama, the daughter of Anna and granddaughter of Zibion the Hivite. He also married his cousin Basemath, who was the daughter of Ishmael and the sister of Nebioth. Wow, so Ishmael sort of came into the picture there. His daughter married Esau. Ada gave birth to a son named Eliphaz for Esau. Basemath gave birth to a son named Ruel. Oholabama gave birth to sons named Jerush, Jalem, and Korah. All these sons were born to Esau in the land of Canaan. Esau took his wives, his children, and his entire household along with his livestock and cattle, all the wealth he had acquired in the land of Canaan, and moved away from his brother Jacob. There was not enough land to support them, both because of all the livestock and possessions they had acquired. So Esau, also known as Edom, settled in the hill country of Seir. This is the account of Esau's descendants, the Edomites, who lived in the hill country of Seir. So just, you know, Esau was a son of, um, 
he was a son of Isaac, right? So Isaac was blessed by God. You know, Isaac is coming from Abraham. And so Esau was blessed by God, you know, and but yet there's sort of a mentality, a philosophy that, you know, God's not really in his radar. God is not foremost in his mind. He doesn't really live his life by faith. God loves him. God blesses him. God loves every human being that's ever been born on this planet. But not every human being feels the same way about God and Jesus Christ. These are the names of Esau's sons, Eliphaz, the son of Esau's wife, Ada, and Ruel, the son of Esau's wife, Bezmah. There's a lot of different descendants here, so I'm not really sure it would be served by me reading them out. I'm just skimming them along. Um, I'm just going along here, so I'm skimming 12, 13, 14, um, 15. These are the descendants of Esau who became the leaders of various clans. So we can see that there's a lot of, um, what's the word? We can see, you know, there's a lot of uh, chronology here. So we kind of see that, you know, the Bible is very detailed. There is very, there's a lot of detail here. It, it is history. And I do, th I do th think that it does tend to prove and underscore the fact that, that the Bible is an accurate book. God, God does want accuracy. He does want methodology. And sometimes when I hear people say the Bible doesn't mean what it says, I'm really kind of disturbed by that. I'm always appreciative of hermeneutics and opinions. And I'm also appreciative of the fact that, you know, people can read the Bible and they can see different things about it that are different. Um, they can see different points. The Bible doesn't always speak to us in all the same way. Maybe the emphasis, we don't see things, we don't see, say, an, a situation or an accident or life's experiences. We don't see it all through the exact same eyes. And God divined that so we could hear from each other's perspectives. Um, so I don't really want to tell somebody, hey, you don't um, see it my way. You don't see it the way the Bible says, so you obviously are wrong. But I think that these, the chronology that we have here, I think this is kind of accurate. I don't really see, you know, there's always the chance that someone was skipped, a generation was skipped, maybe someone was misnamed, things like that. But I don't, I don't really see that here. So I'm just going through it. About, so it's talking about a lot of clans are coming from, a lot of clans are coming from Esau. Verse 20, these are the names of the tribes that descend from Seir, the Horite. They lived in the land of Edom, Lotan, Shobal, Zibion, Anna, Dishon, Ezar, and Dishan. These were the Horite clan leaders, the descendants of Seir who lived in the land of Edom. Well, God said to Adam and Eve, you know, be fruitful and multiply. And Adam and Eve decided to not trust God and so God allowed, you know, mankind to make his own choices. And God certainly has given us all a free will. And these folks are doing what folks do. They're getting married. They're having children. They're having progeny. They're having families. They're having life experiences. But it doesn't seem from this chapter that this kind of family, and I mean, I can't speak for the individuals here. I don't know what they were like. They maybe have a sense of God. They have a, a conscience from God. But they don't really seem to have, God is not really in their, um, he's not first and foremost for them. You know, he's not, he's kind of in their rear view mirror. So I'm just going to skip down to verse 31. The rulers of Edom. 
So this chapter in the NLT that I see, I'll give you the headings, the descendants of Esau and the original peoples of Edom, that's that preceded verse 20. And then verse 31 was preceded by rulers of Edom. These are the kings who ruled in the land of Edom before any king ruled over the Israelites. So this is, this is a good point to know about the history. There were kings in the land of Edom. Bela, son of Beor, who lived in Edom from the city of Dinabah. After Bela died, Joab, son of Zerah from Bozrah, became king in his place. After Joab died, Husham from the land of the Temanites became king in his place. After Husham died, Hada, son of Bedad, became king in his place and ruled from the city of Avith. So there's a hierarchy going on very early on. Um, it says this person here, this um, Hadad, he was the one who defeated the Midianites in the land of Moab. After Hadad died, Samawa from the city of Mascara became king in his place. After Samawa died, Shaul from the city of Rehoboth on the river became king in his place. After Shaul died, Balaam, Hannah, son of Achor, became king in his place. After Baalhan, Hanan, son of Achor, died, Hadad became king in his place and ruled from the city of Pau. Hadad's wife was Mehaltabel, the daughter of Metrad and granddaughter of Mezab. These are the names of the leaders of the clans descended from Esau who lived in the places named for them. Timnah, Alva, Jetha, Holabam, Ela, Pinon, Kenaz, Tamim, Mizbar, Magdio, and Iram. These are the leaders of the clans of Edom listed according to their settlements in the land they occupied. They all descended from Esau, the ancestor of the Edomites. So it definitely places and pegs Esau as the ancestor of the Edomites. Notice also that they had kings, they had a hierarchy. And remember what, you know, remember what the Israelites said to Samuel, we want a king like the other people. So God never really intended for his kingdom, his people to have a king other than himself. But the nation of Israel did come to Samuel and say, we would like a king. And then Samuel was really kind of angry. He was irritated. You know, if you remember the scriptures and God says, why are you angry? They haven't rejected you. They've rejected me. And, you know, Jesus is talking about, you know, we should not be lords like how the Gentiles are. So the Gentiles really, you know, the Gentiles, the non-Jewish people, the non-spiritual people, right? The non-God-fearers, they, they don't have a God. Their only God is themselves and they create rulers. They create hierarchies. Hierarchies are good. Structures are good. We do need law and order, but the kings also have this kind of high, um, you know, the kings are sort of above it all. You know, they do as I say, but not as I do, or yeah, we're for the people. But meanwhile, there are different rules that apply to themselves. You know, they're the 10% that can get to do whatever they want, you know? So um, very early on, there's a lot of, um, I guess there's a lot of rulership going on and it's happening uh, in the kingdom or in the lands of people, people of the lands and whose ancestor was, was obviously Esau, somebody who was really not really a God-fearer as far as the scriptures go. So I think that that's, that's the point that it makes to me. I don't know when you read this. I think it is important. There are parts of the Bible that you may never read or you may only read once. You know, like I remember trying to read the rules for the tabernacle that Moses built 
and the amount of details, it just made my brain burn. You know, it was just, it just, it was just mind blowing. But it, it kind of underscored the fact that obviously God had to give the children of Israel the, the talents and the abilities and the memories to be able to do these things so meticulous and so precise. So we do serve a very precise God. We do serve a God. You know, God is the God of mathematics. God is the God of science. You know, mathematics is the language of the universe. It doesn't lie. So when people dismiss God, when they look at Christianity, when they look at religion and they say, oh, this God doesn't exist. This is ridiculous. Remember something, that God, the God who sent us Jesus, the God who lives with us, the creator, he's the one that made science. He's the one that's made supernovas. He's the one that has made mathematics. He's the one that has made the human body medicine and physiology and anatomy he's the one that made chemistry and organic chemistry you know i got back into aquariums i got um you know i found a 35 gallon and i've got it set up now and it looks really nice my aquarium does not look like some of the ones i've seen on instagram or some of the ones on youtube created by aquascapers excuse me <gasps> sorry i had to sneeze like I said, I got a bit of a cold there. But, you know, when I look at it, I've got real plants, I've got fake plants. I've had to learn about the principles of the nitrogen cycle, about plants, how they suck up nitrates, how fish and shrimp are very prone to nitrites and ammonia, how every animal has a certain niche, you know, how there's like an ecosystem, a system, a, a relationship, a kind of a symbiotic relationship, you know, the fish create carbon dioxide and poop and the plants use all of all those things and they give back oxygen and they reduce nitrates like it's just amazing i'm not a scientist i just wish i was a scientist because it is so interesting to just see these things things that um men have been able to glean and understand because god has given them wisdom we serve a very precise mathematical scientific god who's the creator who's a genius but as much as he's that which is infinite he's forgiving he's compassionate he's loving he's the god of connections and i think he's trying to connect with us even now as i'm yammering on and i think that reading his word is one of the best ways to connect to god praying to god and thanking god for what he's done and always presuming that he will give us more. He promised if you draw close to him, he will draw close to you and God will give you wisdom if you ask. God bless. I hope you all uh, have learned something and, and I hope you feel closer to God. I certainly do. Stay well, be well, don't get your feet wet. <laughs> or you're going to have a sneeze and a cough like I do. God bless. Take care.